Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. Good morning, church. My name is Kelly Fitzgerald, and I will be reading Romans 7, 15, 19, and 21. I don't know what I'm doing because I don't do what I want to do. Instead, I do the thing that I hate. The desire to do good is inside of me, but I can't do it. I don't do the good that I want to do, but I do the evil that I don't want to do. So I find that as a rule, when I want to do what is good, evil is right there with me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Bad. My bad. Kelly, thank you for reading the scripture today. We appreciate you you doing that. Uh, So on my first Sunday back from renewal leave, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to uh, Staff Parish Relations Team and Leadership Board uh, for their prayerful consideration of my request back early in the year. Uh, So I very much appreciate uh, the time that I've had uh, away. I want to say thank you to them. Thank you to uh, Pastor Jana and Pastor Dale. Uh, They had a lot of heavy lifting in the last several weeks. Uh, So thank you to them as well as all the staff. All the staff had extra things they had to end up doing. Uh, and then also thank you to you. You know, one of the one of the things that uh, lead pastors often at a church kind of fear is that if I take extended time away, well, we're, we, you know, we fear that attendance will go down and giving will go down and morale will go down, and that's probably all tied to our ego, to be really honest about it. But you hung in there. I mean, every, everything's been steady. You've done great. You've done great things in the last several weeks, and I so appreciate. Uh, your commitment and dedication to the ministry of our of our church. So on the renewal leave, I, I uh, spent time to uh, really focus on the three R's, rest, reading, and reflection. Rest, reading, and reflection. That's really, that was the, that was the point of, of doing that whole experience. Now, in the midst of that, we did some travel and got to see some family here and there, and so that was a lot of fun. We enjoyed that. Had some uh, other interesting kinds of times as well. You know, sometimes things don't turn out the way you think they will. Uh, for example, one of those things is I got COVID uh, while I was had my renewal leave, so that, that was fun. Um, uh, I did not have severe symptoms. I'm great, very, very grateful for that. I did not have mild symptoms. I was kind of somewhere in the middle. Uh, so I have heard reports of others in our congregation and beyond who have uh, also had similar experiences, so... Um, but all is well now. That was several weeks ago, so I'm, all is well now. So there was something else I just wanted to, I wanted to tell you, um, because there's a few people who know this, and people talk, and word will get out. So I just I want to be in front of it. I want to just go ahead and tell you, uh, so, I can, so it's my words that are informing you. I got a tattoo also while I was on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The people who have tattoos clapped. Um, it, was, it was during a brief incarceration. Not really, not really. But it makes the tattoo seem not so bad, right? See, it depends on how you phrase these things. So, so uh, yeah, I got a tattoo. I'd been threatening Mary for a long time, saying, I'm going to get a tattoo one of these days. Uh, and then I'd joke around about what it was going to be. And uh, she'd usually just shake her head or roll her eyes at me, which is an appropriate response. So, so this is, uh, it, it's a, a tattoo of the tree of life. This is more of a Celtic model of the tree of life. Uh, there's, that is some metal art that hangs on a wall in our home. Uh, one of our sons had a friend who's an artist create that for me, and so the tattoo is, replicates that, basically. 
um, on my arm forever. Uh, the tree of life has been important to me and, and continues to be an important image to me. Um, it, it's been, I've done a little more reading on it uh, in, over the time. And tree of life has, uh, is in many, many cultures and religions around the world from a long time ago. This is not a new thing <laughs> from thousands of years ago. It's also in the Jewish and Christian tradition. Matter of fact, it's in the Bible. We often kind of just gloss over it. But I think it's interesting to know a little bit about that. In, in the beginning, in Genesis, in chapter 2, there's the story of uh, the Garden of Eden, and Adam and Eve, and, Gar- and God has, has provided everything they need. It says, all sorts of trees have grown with, that provide fruit that is good to eat. And in the center of the garden is the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so, you remember the commandment was, God said, you can have the fruit of any tree here in the garden. You just can't eat the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. That's the only one. Everything else, so good, have eaten from the tree of life. I mean, the way I imagine it is you have this beautiful area with all kinds of great vegetation and trees and such around, and right in the middle are these two trees. And so, of course, the temptation is, is to eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because, as the serpent said to Eve, God doesn't want you to eat that. Because if you do, God knows you'll be like him. Well, there you go. I mean, to have the power that God has, to be able to name what is right and what is wrong, good and bad, to have that, boy, that sounds really great as opposed to the wisdom that comes from the tree of life. To me, that's kind of that, when you, we often kind of just jump right to the eating the fruit and all that stuff with Adam and Eve. But I think before that was that fundamental choice. You can choose life, or you can choose power. And we humans cho- chose power and try to exert that. And when you, I mean, a lot of things have happened, you know, in recent, recent days... I think of all the things that have happened around the world during my renewal leave here in the United States and beyond. And so much of it is a clash over power. It's a clash over what I think is right, what you, that you need to do this other thing. That's the choice we made, we humans. So you fast forward. Jump over all the scripture to Revelation chapter 22, the last chapter of the Bible. As it describes this new heaven and the new earth that God is going to restore, someday Eden will be restored. And in this place, there will be a river that runs down the middle of a street. It will be the river of life. And on either side of the river of life growing will be the tree of life. And in that place, God's people will be holy as God is holy. That's the vision. Now, that vision is not, doesn't just get expressed at the very end. That vision has been around from the early, early, early on. When you read in Leviticus, now I know some of you have read Leviticus two or three times. Yeah, right. The ones who chuckle have, have tried that. Um, not a fun read. But important things in there. And way back in the Old Testament, Leviticus is the call for God's people to be holy as God is holy. 
That's, that's been the point all along. That we would somehow reflect the goodness and glory of God. So in, in that final vision, God has, this, God has this, this vision for us, this imagination for us, this, this intent, this purpose for us, that we would fully reflect God's goodness and glory. But we're not there yet. So we're doing this series uh, for the next uh, four, it's four Sundays called Reimagining Your Past because um, I mean I, th- I think there are a lot of things that can be difficult in our lives that we have to we have to work through and get past. But I think sometimes our past is something that we'd rather forget about. We'd rather not we'd rather not go there. But there are important things in our past to understand and and deal with so that we can move forward to be more that person that reflects God's goodness and glory. In the Bible, the word remember is used about 300 times. Uh, used in a little bit different ways, but, but it's there. Frequently telling God's people to remember. Now, the word forget appears a bunch of times too. Now, I know that's the opposite, but often when you look those up, it's, it's saying, don't forget. So in other words, remember. Now, when you count those, it's about 350 times in the Bible that you are told, you and I are told to remember. Sometimes it's as simple as remember when so-and-so did that and it didn't go well <laughs> and they learned their lesson. Sometimes it's remember what God has done for you. Remember who God is. Remember your past and what you went through. So it's important to remember. So today we'll talk about how mistakes were made. Sometimes we make mistakes. Next week we'll talk about things that are not about what we've done but about things that have just happened in our life. They were not our choice. And, and wrestling with those. And then we'll talk about the good things that happen in our life. God has blessed us in order to be a blessing. And then the last week we'll talk about habits. Habits, because those things have roots in the past. The reason we do things the way we do repetitively, the habit that I have, well, there's, there's some origin to that. And sometimes it's helpful to go back and look at those things so that our habits are healthy and life-giving habits. So today, mistakes were made. How many have never made a mistake? I got the same reaction at uh, 945. Yeah, I don't think, uh, we all know we make mistakes, right? Things don't go well. Things don't go right. That always happens. I mean, right, we have, we have fallen down. We have spilled the milk. We have forgot to set the timer. We missed the doctor's appointment. We had the fender bender. I mean, we've all done that. So we have these mistakes and we learn from them and we move on, right? That's what mistakes are. They're learning opportunities, in a sense. But then there are those things, those mistakes, that were much more painful, and the consequences were much larger. And unfortunately, those sometimes live in our imagination and in our memory. When those kinds of things happen, a lot of times, uh, what I don't know about you, one of the things that I do, I'll just be honest, what I do is I try to, in my memory, I try to put those in a box and, I, and close it real tightly and tape it shut and just put it on a shelf in my mind and in my heart so that I don't have to think about it. The problem is, is that it's, it's alive. And that, that memory in that box, after a while, starts to rattle around. 
It starts to make noise over there on the shelf, and every now and then it'll fall off the shelf. And at the really inopportune times, it'll fall off the shelf and burst open. And there it is. That memory of that thing that I did that I just wish so bad I had not done that. So those things can hold us back. Those things can be a problem for us, right? Well, in the church, in the Bible, when we, we don't often use the word mistake. It's the word sin, right? It's the word sin. Something is a sin. We like to name that because, you know, we like to sit in the shade of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and point out the sins. usually of other people, doing things I would never do. It's what we do. We don't want to talk about our own shortcomings, our own mistakes, our own difficulties. Well, if we do, we call them mistakes. And yet they're there. So it turns out There's something really interesting about the words mistake and sin. The word mistake. We've we've used that word all the time. A mistake. What is a mistake? Well, mistake literally means... (laughs) It literally means to take in error. It's a mistake. I misunderstood something. I mis... I did something that I shouldn't have done. It's a mistake. Something taken in error. So, of course, you've got to look up the word error. What, is, what does the root word error mean? And the word error means to wander off course, go astray. Well, that's interesting. It's not just a one-time, boom, error. It's, I've kind of I've drifted. So then you get into the Bible and we're talking about these kinds of things and Paul, that we was read, Kelly read just a little bit ago, wrote large sections about this in the book of Romans. And part of what today's, I wanted, I like today's reading because it's, it's to express that sense, that universal sense I think all of us have is, oh good grief, I know what I should have done. Why did I do that? I don't, I, why did I do that? Or I know... I should have done that, and I am kicking myself that I did not do that. Because the good thing I want to do, I don't do it. And the thing that I know I shouldn't do, that's what I do. That struggle that I think all of us have with some of those kinds of decisions that we make. And so it's helpful to know that when Paul talks about sin, he uses a word that literally means missing the mark. Missing the mark. It's, it's, again, it's not just a one and done. It's, well, my life is missing the mark. I've gone astray. <laughs> I've gone off course. So that when we, in all of us, our lives do not yet fully reflect God's goodness and glory. We are not yet holy as God is holy. As Paul, the way, even the way Paul puts it in Romans chapter 3, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
we're not there yet. So we have to think about what it, what, how do we then reimagine, reframe this notion of things in my past that I really don't like, I'm really ashamed of, that really haunt me, that hold on to me. Those things hold us back from being who God intends us to be. Now, last week, Pastor Janet did a great job talking about forgiving others. Part of what we're talking about here is forgiving yourself. Forgiving yourself. And we all know that's the harder thing to do, the more difficult thing to do, to forgive yourself. Well, God wants you to be released of that that holds you back. God wants you to be, to be freed from that. So, that so that that doesn't just linger there and hurt you. Now, you can't forget those things, but God can provide the healing and the forgiveness to move on so that we can do that in our lives. So that we can move on without letting those past mistakes have more power than they should. If we just kept reading a little bit, if Kelly had just kept reading just a few more verses, uh, we would have gotten to this verse in Romans chapter 8, two verses. So now there, is no condemn, there isn't any condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God does not condemn us. And the struggle is, is that we just continue to condemn ourselves. God does not condemn us, but provides release, right? It says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free. So that we can become and grow into that person that God intends us to be. So, elsewhere in Romans, Paul indicates his belief that the root of sin is idolatry. You know, idolatry, that's where we hold something up, whatever it is, a belief, a, a person, a thing, whatever. We hold that up as more important than God. And I think sometimes we hold, cling on to things as if I can't let this go. I can't, I just can't let this go. Which is a way of saying, God, I don't think you really forgave me. Maybe we idolize a, 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 an ideal vision of ourselves that we think I'm, that should be the person I should be, but I didn't do it there, and so I, how could I move forward? And it just, it just festers. So I want to, I want to invite you into, a, into a, uh, an imagery that was helpful for me. Uh, imagine uh, that for every time you've made a mistake... You have to carry a rock in your pocket. Now, some of those rocks, of course, are not going to be all that big. Some are going to be pretty big. And they're jagged and rough. And they are not comfortable. And you walk around with them, and they, they are heavy, and they poke you when you walk and when you sit, and they are not fun. You don't want those rocks in your pocket. But somehow you just can't let them go. And so one day you're walking on this, this really pretty path in a beautiful uh, nature area, and, and that path leads you to uh, the edge of a beautiful lake. 
And for whatever reason, you, you stick your hand in your pocket and you pull out that rock. You pull that out. And you look at it and it's like, well, well that rock is kind of worn smooth now. It's not as jagged. It's been bouncing around in my pocket against all those other rocks so much. It just, it's kind of, I don't really need to keep this any longer. So as you stand there thinking about, what do I do with this now? And you look, and you, and you look down on the ground, and there's other smooth stones on the ground that apparently others have been on down this trail to get to the point of realizing, I can let this go. And some have just dropped it right there. They've dropped it right there, and there's the collection of them. But you also have a sneaking suspicion that a lot of people have just heaved their rock into that lake. Either way, drop it, chunk it, let God release you from that memory of that thing, of that time that still haunts you, that holds you back. That you can be free so that you can more reflect God's goodness and glory. Let's pray. God, we thank you for uh, your grace, a grace that is beyond our comprehension, and for the forgiveness that you offer. It's just that sometimes we have a really hard time knowing what to do with that because we have a hard time forgiving ourselves. And so we struggle with those things in our past that are not pretty. And we realize that in those moments we were not lovely, we were not lovable. And it's hard to let that go because some, some of those things have consequences that, that are still with us. God, help us, help us at the edge of that lake to feel your presence with us that prompts us. You can let it go. You can let it go. I've got this. And we can experience a freedom and a new life that you offer through the power of your Spirit so that we can more fully, more fully reflect your glory and goodness. So we pray all this in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.